This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hi, I'm Hanif Baharudin and this is Gigi Well Played, the show that talks about all things video games. This week, we're going to take a quick look at some of the announcements made this past week from the Summer Game Fest to the first half of E3 2021. John Leo from Kakuchopuri.com joins us to react to some of the games revealed, including the long-awaited Elden Ring. Someone must extinguish thy flame. Yes, that is a very big uh, reveal from the Summer Games Fest, the kickoff event. After like a concert that happened, as well as a bunch of games which I'm actually interested in, like uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderland, the Borderlands spin-off, and Metal Slug Tactics, the turn-based strategy Metal Slug game with pixel artwork. Then Elden Ring just came out like that. They announced the release date of January 21st, 2022. It showed off what it needed to show off, the open-world game set in a... Basically, it's an entirely new universe, a fantasy universe, but with Dark Souls gameplay, just like what From Software is known for. Except now we've got horseback riding. They brought back some elements like phantoms popping up from Dark Souls on Demon Souls earlier on on the PS3. And yeah, that's all it needed to show. Like a lot of monsters to kill, a lot of fantastical things to see, the dark fantasy motif that's going on. Except the story itself is penned by George R.R. Martin. But at the same time, I see mostly a From Software game just doing what they do best. Deliver a killer action RPG, at least based on the gameplay trailer that we've both seen. As well as the horseback riding, which is going to be a very interesting mechanic. We saw a glimpse of that in one of the major fights in Sekiro, which came out a couple of years ago. But in this case... Now the player gets to summon a horse and ride it anywhere in the open world of the Elden Ring universe where you control a hero who is um, the Tarnished who has to find the Elden Ring to become the Elden King or Elden Lord and obviously fight the former Lord line and there's probably a bunch of story bits that will pop up later on but yeah, it's very impressive. It's not going to show a lot. I think we're going to discover more as months pass by leading up to the release of the game. So, yeah, that's not much to say, except I'm looking forward to getting killed over and over again in this game. <laughs> yeah, but and they already have a release date as well, right? I think which is quite interesting uh, because I think a lot of announcements sometimes they don't have a release date and at least with, with Elden Ring, um, there's a release date as well, right? I suspect it might be delayed, yeah. So the release date, like I said, is January 21st, 2022, early next year. So that could be like a potential contender for Game of the Year for that particular year. So, I'm not sure if it's going to be delayed. I mean, who knows what's going to happen in the next eight, seven months or so. But here's hoping that it comes out on time. Uh, No COVID-related things are going to impede the production of the game. And that's about it. I think some other stuff that we can bring up in Summer Game Fest is probably... I'm actually surprised they brought out an Evil Dead game. They announced it. And it looks pretty interesting. Especially if you're into co-op shooters and horror games that have a bit of like funny quip one-liners here and there. Are you a fan of the Evil Dead series? Um, I think I remember watching them fleetingly, but I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan. So yeah, it's pretty interesting. They're turning it into a third-person shooter that's co-op based. And you also get to control the enemy side as well, the Deadites and the evil and the so-called Evil Dead in the title. So it's like a nice little switcheroo. Um, I'm not sure whether the game itself would be like online only or it's PvP, but I'm looking forward to seeing the 
player versus enemy elements for this title. Other than that, there's also Death Stranding um, director's cut, right? <laughs> oh yes, the little trailer that actually showcased a bit of Kojima because he kind of missed a bit of Metal Gear. So he basically made a level, that's a trailer that's basically spoofing that game. So yeah, PS5, uh, Death Stranding. I'm not sure what else is new apart from HD graphics and faster loading, but for people who are into the quirky Hideo Kojima style game, yeah, if you missed out on the first Death Stranding on the PS4, you can jump onto the PS5 version later this year. Did they mention the date? I don't. I quite kind of forgot. <laughs> All right. Okay. And then from there, we move on to the main event itself, E3 2021. I think Ubisoft did one of their first big event, right? I think for for E3. Yeah, they did showcase a lot from Far Cry 6 to the DLC for Far Cry 6 where you get to control the villains from part 3, part 4, and part 5 in their own DLC scenarios, as well as Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon on using the Far Cry 6 engine, which would be interesting to see. Now, for personally, my top picks would be Riders Republic and Mario X Rabbids 2 Sparks of Hope. The first game, Riders Republic, is basically an open-world extreme sports, sports game where you get to play with a lot of people online. You get to either skateboard or do downhill BMX riding to even wingsuit gliding using a jetpack. Um, you should see the trailer it actually works in the favor. And there's even like some gyrocopter shenanigans going on where you jump off a cliff and then you float around in style and the gyrocopter strapped on your back. There's a, basically a lot of extreme sports stuff going on. It's all going to be happening seamlessly. It looks like it's going to be like a mass multiplayer online game where everything is running in the same instance. Probably a maximum player cap of like 100 plus or less or so. We'll see. But it looks very promising. It's I think it reminds me of this game that came out a couple of years from Ubisoft called Steep. Except this one is now in like summertime, in the dirt, in the rocky highways and like places where you can actually do downhill riding with your mountain bikes and whatnot. So this this looks pretty cool. I believe this game is coming out in September, at least in the last quarter of 2021. Mm, yeah, it does It does look interesting, to be fair, because I think initially I was a bit sceptical when they first announced it, but uh, I think having watched the latest trailer, it does look pretty interesting and considerably different from other Ubisoft games that were announced, right? I think, um, like, for example, the other things that were announced during Ubisoft was, like, I think Far Cry 6. I don't know... Well, it's just me, but Far Cry 6 doesn't... I mean, story-wise, it looks intriguing, but graphically, it was a bit underwhelming for me. I don't know. Oh, it's just you me. didn't like the setting, I'm guessing, is it? The setting was fine. Um, Story-wise, interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing um, Giancarlo Esposito, but it's just that graphically, it feels a bit like last-gen, or maybe it's just me, I'm not sure. Maybe you're right. It could look similar as to like the PC version of Far Cry 5 or Far Cry New Dawn, but I think... Far Cry 6 is just focusing more on like, here's a new map, here's a new villain, just go nuts, we'll see how that goes. Because I think we're at that stage where graphics and fidelity have peaked. And now the art style matters for a game. So I believe your complaint could be stemming from the game's art style, where whereas Far Cry 5 is a bit more... I mean, yes, there's actually some blue skies, but then you go to the darker areas, it's a bit bleak. This one's just a lot more brown and orange and warm colours. So maybe that's just something that that may be subjective for a lot of people but the gameplay itself it looks definitely looks interesting maybe it's the addition of the 
I guess it's an El Polo, like a like basically a rooster, a monster rooster that kills people, or a crocodile, or like a chihuahua, and all the weird weapons, especially like the CD disc launcher weapon that they showcased earlier on before E3 happened. That was pretty cool. So, but but then I'm actually looking forward more to the DLC than the actual game itself, believe it or not, because you get to play as the villains and see the see the game in their point of view, like whether it's a weird messed up world or whether you can create an alternate ending that'll be interesting to discover hmm. um, there's also Rainbow Six Extraction which was renamed from Rainbow Six Quarantine right initially they called the game Rainbow Six Quarantine and then yes, they changed it to correct. Rainbow Six Extraction because of the pandemic and I think how inappropriate the name was or kind of like a bit tone deaf um, the game apparently is it looks like it's going to be a departure from the usual tactical shooter, uh, multiplayer tactical shooter, right? Um, it's going to be like a PvE, if I'm not mistaken. I think departure from tone is putting it mildly. It's like, I think the Ubisoft is just slapping on the Tom Clancy name on anything that requires some form of tactics and military weapons because, I don't know, man. I don't know if, if, if Tom Clancy were alive. I don't know if he'll actually approve of this idea of tactical dudes killing aliens, but... We're in this world now, so... But I'll say this, the tactics bit with the blowing up the walls and sneaking around and using gadgets all reminded me of like the the mix between uh, Advanced Warfare and Rainbow Six Vegas. All those mechanics all coming together in a proper Tom Clancy Ghost Recon kind of game, kind of style game. Like when you played the last Ghost Recon games like Breakpoint and... The one within the forest in Brazil, that wasn't that was anything but a ghost recon game, dude. So this is like a nice return to form. Albeit the enemies you fight are like, yeah, these are aliens, dude. This is just basically Ubisoft wanting to do the aliens colonial marines kind of game, except with the tactics form. That's pretty interesting. We'll see how that goes. Um, I think uh, based on my initial reading of the reaction towards that was was that I think a lot of fans were like a bit upset, I suppose. But we'll see. <laughs> um, uh, if, if you want to see upset fans, we'll go on to the later segment. So <laughs> uh, we can talk about Mario X Rabbits 2, Sparks of Hope. Are you mm. looking forward to that for the um, Switch? I think I've moved on past Mario, to be fair. Uh, but um, it looks pretty interesting. Yeah, Can you perhaps tell us a bit more about that? Uh, yeah, it's basically Mario meets XCOM. It's a turn-based strategy game, except you control Mario, the rabbits from the Rayman games in Ubisoft, except they have the Mario outfits. So you got the Princess Peach-looking rabbit, and you've got like the Rosalina-looking rabbit, which is a new character, by the way. And uh, the star creatures from Super Mario Galaxy, they've been merged together with the rabbits, so they look like some weird freakish hybrid of a star and a rabbit. It's pretty interesting to see in motion and they actually give power ups so a fire style will actually give Mario fire power up that will help him out in combat during the turn-based segments so it's basically what you expect from a turn-based strategy game you you walk around you encounter enemies you get to turn-based battle and instead of it being like square-based you click on a character they open up the movement area they get to go around in and then if they got action points they get to attack or defend or do a special skill so clearly it's not going to be as tough as XCOM. So because it's a Mario game, it's meant to be all ages, right? But I'm very sure there's going to be some challenges ahead. So some hardcore players might expect like special levels later on in the game. But so far, I'm actually interested to see how this uh, sequel will turn out. 
Mm. And in terms of original announcement, I think there was there was one. I think Avatar: uh, Frontiers of Pandora, a new Avatar game. What do you think of it? I don't really care for it. <laughs> I did anyone ask for this honestly? Because I sure as heck did not. I mean, yes, you know James Cameron is doing like two, three, a couple of Avatar films, but to have a game being announced as like your last capstone announcement from Ubisoft. I don't know, man. That's not one way you actually go around making a splash because this is more like an what could have been a splash and end up becoming like a wave of indifference for a lot of people. <laughs> That was John Leo, content director at gaming website kakuchopore.com, summarizing some of the announcements made over the weekend. Let's go for a short break. Up next, we're going to look at Microsoft and Bethesda's event at E3. Stay tuned. This is Gigi Well Played on BFM 89.9. They say, the wonder is, not that the field of stars is so vast, but that we have measured it. You're part of Constellation now, part of our family. What you've found, it's the key to unlocking everything. BFM 89.9, you're listening to Gigi Well Played. I'm your host, Hanif Baharudin. We're going to continue our quick summary of the first half of E3 2021, this time looking at Microsoft and Bethesda co-presenting for the very first time. Of course, the thing that a lot of people were looking forward to was Starfield. Here's Jonathan Leo from KakuchoPurray.com with more info on that. That's why we're here. Yeah, Starfield. Um... Funny you mentioned Starfield because um, I know a couple of months back after the Bethesda Xbox acquisition, the Xbox team were like being like very, how do you say during the interviews whether they're going to be exclusive games. I mean we know they're going to be because Xbox paid a lot of money to buy a studio. Of course they're going to be exclusive games, but the official answer wasn't like apparent. They're like very vague about their answer. This Xbox presentation was basically them saying yeah. Our games are going to be exclusive. Deal with it. So, Starfield was the first. Todd Howard popped up at the start of the stage of the 11 seconds in. He popped up saying, "Yeah, Starfield Xbox exclusive. Here's a trailer. We're still making the game. Coming out November 11, 2000. Ah, uh, next year. Next year. So, there you go. That's it. That's all you need to know. So, they're going to showcase gameplay next year. But it's a nice confirmation. Bethesda also announced because they have Arcane Studio, I believe, under them. So they also have an uh, upcoming a vampire game called Redfall. Yes, so basically you control one of the four characters in the co-op shooter. You fight vampires instead of zombies. So that looks pretty interesting. I know it's a, like a cinematic trailer, but it's one way to make an impact, especially if you are very familiar with Arcane Studios games, which are the Dishonored and the Prey games that came out a couple of years back. So you know they're going to do a first-person game. The question is, what type? So now we know it's a co-op shooter, so with skills and whatnot, and trying to channel Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that one looks interesting. Um, a new IP from the studio. Um, but then um, going back to I think the older IPs, you know, the existing IPs. Um, of course we can't run away from Halo Infinite as well, right? Uh, what do you think of the latest trailer and the latest information from the game? Yeah, so far the only big major thing they announced is yes, there's a multiplayer mode happening, and you can use the grappling hook in the multiplayer mode. They showcase a bit of like graphical improvements here and there, as well as a holiday 2021 release window. Oh, and also the multiplayer is free to play, so that would be a very good way to sell the game. Like whether it's on PC or an Xbox series, people can play the game free of charge. 
I'm very sure the microtransaction screen will scheme will come out eventually, but for now, people can play the game for free when it's out. And the single-player campaign, yeah, that's going to be the normal day one Xbox Game Pass shindig. And there's not much being revealed about the game game story. But yeah, the fact that multi, some multiplayer elements coming back, like the return of the gravity hammer, uh, the grappling hook that you can use in the game, as well as like a really neat gun that actually has homing firing bullets and... What I can see are power-ups as well that are popping up when you're playing multiplayer, like Unreal Tournament. So there's a lot of nice little elements being put here and there. So I think there should be more modes they're going to announce in the future. I am kind of expecting a Battle Royale kind of mode popping up for Halo Infinite Multiplayer, but we'll see. But for now, they have reassured a lot of fans that, yeah, Halo Infinite Multiplayer is going to be a thing. Now it's going to be a free thing for people to play. So in case they don't want to spend money on the campaign they can just play the free-to-play version basically multiplayer so yeah um another i think fps that's pretty interesting that was announced was also i think stalker 2 yes yes um have you played the original stalker i haven't but i heard a lot of good things about it yeah it's also a very janky game so this feels like a very polished triple a version of that game i played like five to ten ten years back or so so it's, it looks pretty promising. I kind of like the horror element and the fact that you need, really need to work your way to actually find treasure and finding stuff while surviving. This is like the original survival game before like games like Don't Star start to start on and Rust start coming in. Like Stalker 1 was the original survival game with the open world elements and whatnot. So Stalker 2 is just going to be definitely an improvement over the first game because it looks like it's stable but we'll see how it goes lah. it's going to come out in 2022 because this is it's going to be a very huge game and also props for the game actually sticking true to its Russian roots because it's based off the film of the same name so it's pretty cool that, uh, that they're keeping in tone with the game with the series mm. and then there's also Forza Horizon 5 oh that looks beautiful man that is like the, all the footage I showed, like that's in-game stuff that's in 4K, set in Mexico, by the way, it looks really beautiful. Like from the cliffs to the lava area to even like the waterfalls and the coastlines and whatnot, as well as the cars being showcased. I believe that is a Mercedes Project One car. I'm not, my, my car, my car knowledge is terrible, sorry. I know it's a Mercedes Class One kind of race car. So it's like the highlight of the of that brand, that company series. Mm. Uh, this small announcement made uh, also include I think um, Psychonauts 2 if you're a fan of Psychonauts I've never played Psychonauts but I've heard that it's like a sleep hit as well among among people oh yeah yeah it's a 3D platformer with a, a collectathon kind of feel to it except it's got writing from Tim Schafer and his Double Fine crew so this is basically going to be a sequel to that older Raz main character a lot of like places where you can actually visit people's minds with different puzzles and jumping platform mechanics. And yeah, of course, the same and then the nice humor that you expect from Tim Schafer and his weird twisted little mind. So that'll be very interesting. And it's got a release date, 25th August. This year, right? Uh, yeah, this year, it's also going to be an Xbox Game Pass uh, day one game. So that's also good news. Mm. Um, other small announcement made also well I don't know whether this can be considered smaller but um, there's also an announcement for um, The Outer Worlds 2 right I think oh that's also that's more like a big game like that's not like triple A but more like mid-tier but again it's just a trailer where it's just basically a narrator just parodying making, making a joke about the entire trailer but it's good to know that Obsidian are really busy making the second game 
I've already had fun with the previous two expansion, the DLC content that came out for the first Outer Worlds. So this would be a nice, you know, like, it'll be like a new galaxy system, new characters, but the same Outer Worlds universe where the entire world is run by corporations. So it'll be interesting to see how this sequel will live up to it. Yeah, a smaller hit that I think uh, I don't know it might be it might be big um, is I think Back for Blood, uh, which comes from the creators of uh, the Left for Dead franchise, right? Oh yeah, yeah, that's actually going to be a day one Game Pass game for Xbox. That is a co-op game. It's basically Left for Dead made under Warner Brothers brand. <laughs> so they're doing the same thing, except I think the zombies just look more edgier, and I think there is a card system where you get to power up characters before you start the match. And there's a lot of PvP elements and PvE elements. But if you like Left 4 Dead, I'm very sure you're going to be buying this first day one. I mean, Turtle Rock, they've actually hit a stack with a previous game with 2K a long time ago. But this would be like the, the time where they may actually bounce back to something they're used to making. So here's hoping this game turns out all right. There's also Somerville. That's actually from the ex-Play Dead guys who did Limbo and Inside. It's an adventure game about a family surviving a worldwide alien invasion. I mean, the way they presented the trailer was pretty cool. Like, you got, like, the 2D gameplay. You've got, like, the shadows and the, the fact that your, you and your family are kind of helpless. And you can't, you know, the only thing you can do is run away. You got to find ways to hide and, you know, run away from the alien invasion while humanity is fighting against these aliens. So it's kind of like War of the Worlds, except in a gameplay noir kind of style. Let's see. Uh, that's also a Plague's Tale Requiem, uh, the sequel to a Plague's Tale. I think a lot of people like that. Um, let's see what else. Oh, uh, that's also another game I'm looking forward to returned. It is a cyberpunk dystopia 2D action platformer where an AI from a computer actually ends up jacking into a human being. And you control the human and then you basically have to live your life avoiding people who are trying to find this AI lah. And it looks very... It's a 2D game with a lot of like nice, interesting, dark cyberpunk lighting and gameplay. They don't. They didn't actually mention much except they just show like action gameplay for this. So it's very... Uh, if you like games like Narita Boy or Dead Cells, except in the cyberpunk sci-fi future, you might want to check this game out. Mm. Overall, um, was it a solid presentation for Xbox? I think it's more than solid. This is like the best I've seen this year so far. Like among all the presentations I've seen, I mean, okay, maybe the Elden Ring presentation was good, but this one is like, there's actually a consistent line of hits. And even if I don't like one or two titles, I still like the rest of them. And I'm like interested with what they're showcasing. I mean, Atomic Heart was already like a Russian style Bioshock sci-fi kind of game. And there's actually a couple more that people would like, like Ages of M- Age of Empire 4, and like we mentioned, Psychonauts 2, and Halo Infinite, and Forza Horizon 5, and also this other upcoming uh, game from Avalanche called Contraband, written by a Malaysian author, Bernice... Uh, Bernice Chonley? Uh, thank you, Bernice Chonley. Yes, thank you. She actually wrote for the... She's actually the writer for Contraband. Oh, Okay. Yeah, so Malaysia boleh lah. <laughs> Alright, that's great. Okay, moving on to Square Enix presentation. Yeah, what do you think of some announcements made? Um, I'm pretty curious about the Guardians of the Galaxy game. Despite their, I think, uh, mishap with, with the Avengers game. I don't think they some. I mean, okay, people are going to be a bit critical about the Avengers, but you got to remember, this game was actually made while the Avengers was being made too. So it's actually by a different team, um, Idols Montreal, not Crystal Dynamics. Idols Montreal are responsible for Deus Ex Human Revolution and Deus Ex Mankind Divided. 
So you know the quality of the writing is going to be there, especially when they brought in the Dan Abnett. He actually wrote the really good run for Guardians of the Galaxy back in 2011-12. So he's actually going to be helming the script for this Guardians game. So that's hope there, right there. And the Deuce X HR team has always been very consistent with the games they made. So story-wise and choice-wise, it'll be great to see how this Guardian of the Galaxy game will turn out, which is coming out later in October. I mean, you control, like, what, Star-Lord? And then you get to command Drax, Gamora, Rocket Raccoon, and Groot in, like, a series of unfortunate space events. So it'll be pretty cool to see how the action is because it does look similar to the Avengers game. But I feel that they actually crib a bit from the Tomb Raider game as well. So it's like a mix here and there. And because, you know, like big companies, they do share propriety engines. So it'll be cool to see how this RPG turns out. Actually, in fact, it, the fighting did remind me of like a jetpack version of Final Fantasy XV's combat. Come to think of it. I mean, what do you think? I mean, do you have any like thoughts about it? Um, So far, I'm just um, curious about the how's the story going to pan out. And um, so far, it looks interesting. The I think the writing, the banter between the characters... I kind of laughed out at some of the lines, to be honest, when I was watching the trailer like once or twice again. It's okay, I can see Dan Abnett's writing in this, especially when they have to follow that template of the movie Guardians of the Galaxy characters, where Star Lord has all this pop culture stuff, and then when he does his super move with all the team, he actually has to pull out his iPod, so, or sorry, his uh, tape deck, so it's pretty cool uh, that they have to match that as well as make this work as their own game. So for those who are burnt by Marvel Avengers, I don't think this is going to be the case here. I, mean, I could be wrong, but I, I strongly believe that because this game was made the same time as Avengers was being made, it's like completely separate games. So except they just share that same aesthetic, that same kind of gameplay. And this game is going to be single player offline. Unless they, unless they announce some nonsense news that way. Oh, day one online, you know, that's going to be bad news. But for now... Offline only, single player, multiple choice, hopefully, and multiple endings. It gives off a positive vibe compared to, I think, Avengers. I remember watching the first trailer for the Avengers game and I already wasn't feeling so great then. Mm -hmm. So this this game gives off a slightly different vibe as much as I'm still a bit cautious. Lah. I think that's the most important thing. I just hope that whatever they showed off here with the with the antagonists and whatnot, I think there's probably more behind the scenes because we actually saw a glimpse of Mantis in the trailer and a bunch of new areas here and there. So I think it might have like more enemies, more choices, more story options here and there. So whatever that I liked in Deus X Human Revolution, I hope they can bring that into Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. And it's coming this year, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, October 12th or 23rd. It's definitely October, that's for sure. Wow, okay. Quite quite soon. Um, Yeah, other than that, anything else that you find interesting from these Square uh, Enix The other sort of good thing I want to bring up is probably that Stranger of Paradise game. I mean, I know a lot of people were basically making fun of the the generic main character, but to have a Dark Souls-style kind of game or Neo-style game using the Final Fantasy Origins um skin with the Garland and all the characters and the style and whatnot, yeah, sure. I'm actually all for it. I just wish they had a better trailer to showcase all that. There's supposed to be a demo that's supposed to come out. I mean, but it's already out, but apparently the file's corrupted, unfortunately. So hopefully that's fixed by the time this episode comes out. But I'm actually holding out hope because Team Ninja has been doing very good with Neo 1 and Neo 2. So I hope that whatever they're doing with this Final Fantasy game, they're going to bring what they made, what they created with Neo. And, you know, make it challenging for Final Fantasy fans for this particular title. 
So I think they just, need, they just need to show more gameplay in the next few months to get out of that rut they're in right now with the trailer that showcased. But unfortunately, that's the only good things. These are the only good things you can talk about with the Square Enix presentation because everything <laughs> else was pretty bad. Yeah, um, there's a thing, uh, Life is Strange uh, Remastered Collection, I think, which was also shown off. And then, um, other than that, yeah, Final Fantasy VII and The First Soldier and also Near Reincarnation, which both are mobile games, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm happy they actually kept that really short. They also talked about Babylon's Fall, which was like, I believe the directors, if I translate all their marketing speak, is like, we're going to take Near Automata's already simple combat and making it even simpler for online play. And it's going to be a live service game, so I'm a bit worried about what, how that's going to turn out. And I don't know about you, but this is like, a particular game that doesn't look like the sum of its parts. Maybe it's a streaming quality. When I checked the trailer in 4K, it didn't look that good, honestly. Like, if you thought Far Cry 6 looked bad, you look at this game, dude. It's not that good looking, especially given Platinum Games' pedigree. So I hope they can, you know, take their time with this game. And it just feels like it's... Something's up loud with this game, honestly. So it just feels like it's going to be like a stat dash kind of title. And also, I want to complain a bit about the Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster. They made a really short announcement that six of the old FF games are going to be remastered in pixel form. And they're going to be sold separately. And they're only coming out for PC and mobile. So there's no Xbox release, there's no PS4 release, there's no Nintendo Switch release, which, would, which is a bit criminal on your part. And they're not in a bundle, they're like in separate games, which is insane, honestly. Although, to their credit, they actually did remaster Part 1, Part 2, and Part 3 sprites into the Super Nintendo-style sprites. So, there is a bit of hope. But that's... I only caught a glimpse of this in the very, really, really short trailer. So, I don't know. It just feels like the, the remaster is being done really dirty here. All right. Okay. So, overall, um, yeah, we still have, uh, I think, two more days to go. But overall, what do you think of the coverage so far? I like it. This is good. I... Okay, I do miss going to Los Angeles considering that I've been to like five of these shows since 2000, yeah, since 2009. And, but, but at the same time, I mean, I'm glad that we, everyone's all doing their part online to showcase the games online. I mean, I do miss actually going to Los Angeles and, you know, talking to people and meeting up with strangers here and there and budding up with Singaporean and Malaysian media and, you know, enjoying Los Angeles for what it is. It's a nice, it's a nice place, especially during the summertime when you're on holiday. But yeah, this is what we can do at this moment in time where we get to do the best we can, we get the coverage we can, get some like pre-release, uh, pre-E3 game previews and hands-on uh, with different PC games and whatnot. And then it, it turns, it's, it's something we're working hard with and then it's really good that this is what we can coordinate with. So overall, it's based on the circumstances, this is a great job that a lot of companies are doing so far. You've been tuning in to GG World Played and I'm joined by Jonathan Leo, Content Director at Kakuchopure.com and we've summarised half of the announcements made from the events this past week from Summer Game Fest to E3 2021. We're going to talk and reflect on the remaining announcements in next week's episode so be on the lookout for that too. If you'd like to listen to this episode again, you can find the podcast on bfm.my, our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play and also Spotify. Do share your thoughts about the show or the games that you play via our email ggwp at bfm.my. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Sanif Baharuddin. Thanks for joining us. Game on and stay safe. Till next time, GG Well Played.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.